0: Simo, yes. You know that um, six degrees of separation thing? It's like been in online articles and stuff, and in papers. You know, you got like six connections to say, I don't know, Gary Barlow, Andrew Simmons went to this school. His sister knows this. Who knows Gary Barlow? And it's it's like six. Yeah, you know, you know that sort of thing. Yeah, I I get what you're talking oh, okay. about. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks to our guest in this episode, you do realise you you're a connection nearer to Phil Pip Spencer.
1: Oh, I'm not worthy, JP. I am not worthy. I always thought I was fairly close to Pip. The Right Move, the
2: Property Podcast with Andrew Simmons and JP.
0: Hello, hello from the podcast that is on its Property A game. Uh, We've played the long game as well, Simo, to get our guest today. Um, We've been very patient, as has she, I have to say. What to say about Alex? Well, she's cracking.
1: And yes, we have waited a a long time. We had some gremlins. We had some time issues. But actually, it's great to have her because we're going to talk about what she is doing at the minute um, in a bit. And, uh, you know, she is a woman who puts her all into everything. If I had as much energy as Alex Tan, I would be flying. She is 100% on it. So look forward to having her on
0: uh, now I'm going to go clickbaity on you Simo. is Harry Styles the Harry Styles really buying a property in Devon a Chesilcliffe House and the Eye which of course was the focus of um, something that was on Grand Designs that we've covered here too with Nick Shabbat friend of the show Nick uh, the most uh, upsetting I suppose the saddest Grand Designs ever what is the tie is there a tie to Harry Styles we're going to find that out and get the update aren't we
1: Indeed. Well, you stay tuned to know whether we've got the inside edge there for you. Um, you know, you heard it here first
0: on the right move. And what I mean, What a hornet's nest, what a can of worms this is. What is wrong with banks and business societies that are pulling mortgage offers, mortgage deals at the very last minute? Uh, Charlie and Charlie says is all over this. He is. And it, yeah, it is a
1: very strange situation. All of a sudden it happened didn't it it was just one day everything just came to bang pull 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 we're not going to we're not going to have those generally on those sort of longer term deals i suppose or not the shorter term but yeah just very odd and you know we've talked about it haven't we how the market is just um you know the, the property market is being affected by mortgages and by the financial market so so yeah it um looking forward to Charlie's um comment as well on that
0: I'm and you know now and again I you know I can do we can do sincerity. I'm I'm genuinely sorry to say that we've got some uh, sad news about someone who has uh, featured briefly on this podcast. Somebody went viral. Somebody who is a well about to be a former estate agent. So we're going to cover that. That is you know that's that's a pretty uh, dramatic move for her and her partner. We'll cover that and also I guess the 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 flip side, um, encouraging news about uh, Bristol as well. Yeah, well, we've always got to put a
1: bit of a spin on Bristol, haven't we? You know, there's I, My Lover from Bristol. Yes, some really good news. Which we'll cover that later on. Selling,
2: Selling. buying, buying. Investing. investing. Are you making the right move?
0: Well, first things first, Nick Shabbat, who uh, came on quite a while ago, I think, to talk about the the background and the marketing, the part that he's played in his business of Chessel Cliff House and subsequently, the I as well, these two incredible properties, In Devon, this price tag—I think it's fair to say of ten million—which were in the saddest ever episode of Grand Design. So, in a nutshell, uh, the guy I think took investors left, right, and centre, and probably maxed out credit cards. Uh, The idea was that his two daughters would grow up in this incredible place. Certainly, you know, uh, Chessel Cliff House. Uh, But it didn't get to happen. They've now flown the nest. He left his wife. I think there's some happiness now. But anyway, so yeah, so the saddest ever uh, episode of of Grand Design, even sadder simo than the one where Kevin walks into a 50 grand pane of self-cleaning glass. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I've seen it. It's It's... I've done that, but not fifty grand painted glass.
1: in <laughs> fact, I did it. I did it the other day. It was it, it, I really twonked my head. Ooh. I tell you. You can imagine that walking through the patio doors and uh, forgetting that they were
0: shut. Oh, you big twonk. Nick is uh, <laughs> <laughs> your, your wife's words not mine. Uh, yes, and, uh, yes. uh, Nick's a great guy. really? You know, it's so nice when people like Nick and and Nurse become friends of of the podcast. And so Nick Shabbat is. He's back on uh, with an update. He's going to sort of tell you where things are at because I know it's uh, it's been back in the news. Yeah. Is it really sold? Is Harry Styles buying it? Who might be bought? You know, and these technical teething troubles, I guess, Simo.
1: Yeah. And, you, you know, you've hit the nail on the head. You know, it was a very sad episode, wasn't it? And it was dubbed as the saddest grand designs ever. And, you know, there was lots of things, but what a, what a property. I mean, you know, the, the, the vision for this place and sat up there on the cliff, just overlooking the beach in North Devon there. I mean, what a wonderful, wonderful property. Very private. I've driven past it. I said, didn't I? And when we talked about it, I've, I've been past there. Um, and certainly when it was in a bit of a poor state a few years ago, and uh, it will be a fantastic home for whoever decides to part with the cash. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be really nice just to hear from Nick. And uh, as you say, Nick is a has become a really good friend of the show and we like to see what Nick does. And, and I really hope that um, Nick can tell us a little bit about uh, what's going on because, as you say, it's been back in the
0: news. Well, let's turn the podcast over to Mr. Nick Shabbat.
3: Yeah, as, as reported, the property is back on the market currently. The buyer that was previously buying is still buying, uh, as far as we're aware. The sale is still going through, it just has been delayed and they are now outside of the original timescale that was uh, set out in the heads of terms. There's some technical issues that need to be resolved on site, which are in the process of being resolved, but because it's quite a complicated situation and the buyer is located abroad, obviously there's certain things that need to be put in place to make sure that he's happy uh, that works have been carried out and so on. He's made funds available to conclude the purchase However, because we're outside of the heads terms and the history of the, of, of the property itself and wanting to get it sold and over the line for the buyer, uh, the decision has been made to, to put the property back on the market to see if there's any further interest at this stage. Part of that has been to separate the main house from the eye. That is very much the intention to sell the whole thing. And the, and the current buyer is, is intending to sell the whole, to buy the whole thing. There is options there. So we are discussing options with some of the previous people who inquired about the property. I can confirm it is not harry styles who's purchasing the property which i think has been a, a a rumor that's been going around all over the place yeah we're still we're still expecting the sale to go through fairly imminently but um at this stage we're also in inviting other interests uh, from other buyers so that, that's where we're at at the moment uh, across all of the uh, key podcast sites apps and platforms this
0: is the right move the leading property podcast with Simo and jp you're very welcome Charlie says, crops up really soon. Uh, Mortgage deals being pulled at short notice. Charlie is going to have his say and uh, again no uh, punches pulled I think it's fair to say. Well, exactly but in typical Charlie fashion uh,
1: I'm sure it will be nice and succinct and uh, just what we need to hear.
0: We've also got uh, some news that uh, made us sad. Unexpected I thought. Uh, We don't claim to know this person very, very well but Uh, She's done some great things, obviously very, very um, admired and and loved in the area that she uh, operated as an estate agent. But um, yeah, so I mean, it's a new chapter for her. We'll we'll kind of summarise that soon. Uh, Right, our guest Simo, it's time that we met uh, Alex Tan. So Alex, of course, we know each other fairly well or we've
1: got to know each other over the last 18 months or so. But it's great to have you here and you're standing for vice president of NAEA Property Mark. So what's the motivation for that? I think it could be that you just want as many letters behind your name as me.
4: That's exactly why. That's the only reason why, Andrew. Of course, all of those letters after your name, which I admire, that's what I'm striving to achieve. Great question. I know that, Andrew, you'll probably have OBE at the end. Get rid (laughs) of all of those initials. Just go straight for the OBE. How it actually all started was my boss, David Powell, he's the commercial director at Andrew's Property Group, encouraged me to go for the position and at first I was hesitant I thought oh shall I shall I not you get a bit of imposter syndrome thinking am I worthy can I do it and then I was like no actually I can do this and I thought well why not let me throw my hat in the ring I'm passionate about property I'm passionate about people so I think that from my perspective it then became a bit of a no-brainer and I've got lots of people luckily that support me and champion me so I was like, yeah, let's go for it. Let's do it.
0: There's such a momentum building as well, because ultimately part of, of campaigning means extra visibility on, on social media. And posting. I mean, how on earth do you make the time for it? Have you got a campaign
4: manager? <laughs> Me, myself and I, that's exactly it. I do love a bit of social media. I think it's really good to have a 360 view of everything as well. So that's something that I am very dedicated to, to be able to get, the Andrews brand out there my own personal brand as well and just to show what happens on a day-to-day basis and I think that for me I really do enjoy putting posts together so I do a lot of that in my downtime because my my job is very demanding so there's you know multiple hours I'm up being able to create content and posts and I'm really lucky that there's lots of people that are engaging with me and I get lots of great ideas from the people around me as well and I think for me, it's just about having a lot of fun with it mm. and being real so that people can actually relate to you as well. So I do post about the good and the bad and the ugly because <laughs> it's, hey. it's important to be <laughs> balanced and real. Keep it real.
0: Enough about me and Andrew. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you guys are the good guys, don't you worry.
0: I couldn't help
1: but notice you have kitted out Team Tan HQ with loads of podcast kit. You're really committed to this.
4: Oh definitely literally got all the gear Um, and I think that's been totally committed to it but I do think it's something that everybody should experience and I think that if in doubt just go for it and if you're going to go for it I think just don't hold back that would probably be my recommendation to people because not everybody's going to like you not everybody's going to like your content you might even get trolls but the thing is just do you but I think from my perspective I've had some really amazing messages and there's so many people that are really supportive that I feel that I know even though I haven't physically met them I think that is the power of social media and I found that through the campaign as well I mean that's the thing isn't it literally having selfie sticks microphones ring lights everything and anything just to be able to up your game is it started at very basic levels just being able to take I mean I do everything on my phone but it has been very Base level, and then being able to use certain apps and video editing. And it's something that I actually really genuinely enjoy. But it's great to be able to boost the profile of myself and of Andrew's. So for me, you can definitely see the difference. But it again, it takes time and it takes practice. And you just have to be consistent with it all as well. Yeah, of course. Is there an
0: Alexandra Tan manifesto in the sense that there's certain stuff you'd like to see done?
4: for me, I mean, obviously I've got my, my campaign hashtag, which is team tan. Yeah. And for me, I think it is just a case of being able to make sure that I connect with the people and the members. There's over 17 and a half thousand members of Property Mark. And it's really important for me to be able to engage with them and see what they want and what they need, but also to get to know me because I'm relatively new to the Property Mark world by being a member for over a year. And I really want to get into the detail I want to get to know the people in terms of what's working what's not but I want them to get to know me and how genuine I am and authentic John and Andrew I'm not for everyone because I I can be quite in your face but that's just me and it served me pretty well in my 16 plus years in in agency but I would just say that I would want to be approachable and people to be able to reach out to me because I am all about collaboration Mm. I never claim to have the best ideas in the room but i definitely surround myself with amazing people and talented people that i enjoy working with and to be able to achieve that end goal together but in a collaborative culture so that's that's me inside out
1: i'm so glad you mentioned property mark you you know you're obviously big mates with phil spencer now but to the end user the general public what does property mark actually mean
4: I think credibility Mm. which is which is so key and crucial in our industry because there are so many people that have it has such a bad reputation in the main I think actually as time and the years have gone by I think we're a bit more respected in the world of property if you're working with a property mark agent you know that they're qualified you know that they are above and beyond what the law requires because you don't need to have qualifications you don't need to have a license to work in the estate agency world you could just go and set up tomorrow whereas everybody that's a part of property mark they have to have those qualifications there's so many different tools that people aren't even aware of as a business owner or a corporate company by way of a helpline for example when you're looking at compliance issues and doing the right thing and there's so many tools you mentioned phil spencer earlier you know we've got a lot of work and an amazing connection with him He's trusted, isn't he? Look, look at him. You would want to sell your house with him. You work with him. And that's what you want to be able to try and manifest across the piece. And there's, there is so much. And I think for me, just being able to get into the detail to make sure that everybody is aware of what Property Mark does and how instrumental it is for the customer, but also its members as well. We're going to
0: rewind a little bit. Actually, agents together, for which you're a mentor, aren't you, Alex? Yeah. Did you always have that desire to to be one, to be a mentor, and and where did that stem from?
4: Oh well, for me, from agents together is absolutely incredible, and can you believe that the concept is that it's free? Anybody within property can approach um, Sam Offie, who is an absolute legend. He's incredible, and he will match you with somebody that you can help so there's a series of questions so there's a really great structure in place to be able to match you up accordingly so I started as a mentee which I think it was really important to go through that process in terms of what that looked like from the other side before becoming a mentor so I was really mindful that I wanted to make sure that I would do it justice because I've got so much out of being a part of Agents Together and I, um, I champion it massively so I was fortunate enough to have my first mentor, which was Kenny Bruce, which is another absolute hero and legend of mine. And that was just such a remarkable experience to be able to speak with Kenny, get his insight, because he's a phenomenal leader. So there's a certain duration that you have your mentorship. And I thought, I want more, I want more, just because I'm greedy like that. So now I have Verona Frankish who is a total queen and I again feel so blessed to have yet again another sensational mentor in my life and just so inspirational in terms of her and the work that she's doing so obviously being C- CEO of Yopa not only being an amazing business person but also a woman and a trailblazer leading the way for everybody in the property world but just again anybody in business so i'm a massive advocate of everything that she's doing and she has been so helpful to me and guiding me um so that was has been absolutely amazing and then i have my own mentee now and i just absolutely adore speaking with her and she and it's amazing because it's it's a two-way experience you get so much out of it as well even though you are there to support and help your mentee it's amazing of what it does to you personally as well. And I learned from it. It's really interesting to be able to engage and be able to exchange ideas and help and support and just be able to find a path together. And it's just such a positive experience. And I would highly recommend anybody and everybody to get involved because it can be at any level. You could be a trainee negotiator. You could be a director of a company. So it is very much open to everybody And it's so amazing that people volunteer their time. And there's some amazing people that you could speak to. And I think that anybody that works with Agents Together would just see what an incredible and invaluable experience it is. So again, definitely a must-have. Do you think the
1: way you mentor, does that alter and evolve over time?
4: A great question. So it tends to be about a six-month period. It is very much down to how much time the mentor and mentee have, because everybody's busy people. And I think that certain times you have to make sure that you're, you're regularly meeting, definitely. Sometimes people get busy, you completely understand and things have to be moved. But I think you can just see, you know, those key components of what you want to work on. So part of the questionnaire process that you go through is highlighting what you want to achieve from a mentorship and what's important to you, where's your growth areas, or where do you want to develop, what do you want advice on. So you're, it's very focused in terms of what you're looking to focus on. But that can, of course, evolve through conversations. And as time goes by, as anything that crops up. And I think that's the thing, that you really build relationships and connections with people. So you, you kind of never want it to end as well. And I feel like that with my mentee at the moment. And I just really love to be able to have that support. And it's very nice to be outside of your organization bubble, if you like, talking to somebody from not a different sector, but from a different part of the business. So whether it be a different organisation or they're doing their own thing, it's really nice to be outside the Andrews bubble sometimes, to be able to share, share your experiences in a, a different dimension. It's
0: brilliant. I, I I just want to uh, throw in a little bit of a curveball just to um, give you a sort of on-the-spot spontaneous question. Andrew said on the last episode of the podcast that if there was one thing that he could drop from estate agency, it would be portals, or at least the cost of the portals. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Other, what about you? If someone said, uh, Alex, you, right, look, you can get, you got like one wish, you can get rid of one thing in this line of business.
4: What would I get rid of? I, I really love Angie's comment though, about the costs of portals because it's extortionate and they do like dominate. What would I get rid of? I just think that probably just some people like attitudes.
0: Yeah, yeah.
4: I would say that, that's probably it. and being able to work together and collaborate more and I think that one of the stumbling blocks at the moment would be most definitely in the conveyancing world and it can be a bit of a them and us culture, yeah. shall we say, when we really do need to collaborate and work together more rather than pointing the fingers saying, we're waiting on you or you're waiting on us or us being able to phone them and be able to get certain updates. I mean, I think that the whole transaction between offer accepted to completion is so long winded. I know it's an ongoing issue anyway, but I think that that that's something not to get rid of because we need it, but to have something in place. So in addition to rather than to get rid of, that would be my view that we need to be able to find something mm-hmm. to make sure that we can speed up transactions.
0: Poor attitudes and sometimes a lack of collaboration can get in the sea, basically in the sea with it. Yes. <laughs> Or the estuary. Thank
4: you. <laughs> have you articulated that far better than <laughs> me, number. Thank you.
1: How can someone vote for you?
4: So there is a link. So all members would have received an e- email from my voice. So mi-voice in which they click the link and go through. They would need to put their property mark membership number in. You could read all of the video statements, my priorities, what I'm looking to set out to achieve, and then it will give you the option to be able to vote for Alex Tan, and then you submit, and away we go. And that's Yay. it, you've done it.
0: Hashtag Team Tan.
4: Hashtag Team Tan, <laughs> precisely. <laughs>
0: Speaking of which, uh, we've got, and I'm hoping to be able to play it to you, we've got you a gift By all means, if you really want to, you can run in your campaign to bolster to help boost your campaign, then you should be able to hear this. Here we go. In the NEAE property mark elections, remember to tick the tan. For a vice president that gets stuff done, vote Alexandra Tan. Nobody has guested on more podcasts or posted as frequently on LinkedIn. Tick the tan and start the revolution in property. Keep an eye out for the Tan Van. Visiting your estate agency soon. The only choice for Vice President. Hashtag Team Tan. Instant results. Instant Tan. There you go. Our special gift to you.
4: Instant Tan. That is just <laughs> absolutely classic. Oh my gosh. I love it. I would be using that for sure.
0: Right. Well, oh, we'll, we'll see- legend. We'll send it across and look forward to hearing it on LinkedIn. It has, Bloody brilliant. it has been great. Oh. You know, we really appreciate the fact we've broken up your your sort of start of the day, your morning routine uh, to do this. So thanks for that. Uh, and uh, best of luck with it was your campaign. Just for that. Well, there you go. At
4: the end. Completely yeah. incredible. It
0: was that crucial 30 seconds that was the clincher.
4: <laughs> Thank you so much, John and Andrew. Vote Team Tan. Yay. Vote closed June 29th.
1: Thanks so much, Alex. It's been amazing having you on. And we wish you the best of luck with your campaign. And by the way, remember, hashtag
0: Team Tan, the podcast that knows its property stuff across the board with Simo and JP. Now, this is something that has been causing, well, lots of problems. Massive understatement, really, for me, uh, Simo. I've not been on the receiving end, but lots of people have mortgage offers that look like one thing and then were pulled. You know, the rug pulled from under customers, clients, and then reappraised.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it uh, it seems to be, and I think that's the market. You know, we we have had a market recently uh, which has been turbulent. You know, I don't really, don't really think the public have actually seen that. I was interviewed by Charlie on one of his live streams recently, and uh, and I likened vendors to goldfish, and vendors have this view that. The last two years have been amazing. I mean, I've got one at the moment who wants us to sell their house, but they've got this opinion that the house is worth more because the market's been increasing. Yeah, but the market's been increasing and then it's hit a brick wall. So so I think, yeah, absolutely, it is all very led by that. And and the banks are quite to blame in stopping things. But we did see some of these rates get better, didn't we, the last few weeks. Um, you know, it has been up and down. The rates came back to more sensible you know five-year fixed were, were were okay they were being a fairly sensible rate and uh, you know all of a sudden you know, you've got the the carpet pulled haven't we and mm-hmm. and what what is frustrating for buyers is that if they're offering they need to have you know it, it's irrelevant really of mortgage in principle decision in principle because they need the actual mortgage offer to be confident that what they're going to spend is affordable,
0: as we often say, uh, Charlie's very, you know, lucid and insightful about these things. I think this is no exception. I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I'm really interested to see. We'll get him on in a sec. I'm really interested to, to, to see where he points the finger of blame. Because it's like everything, you know, when there's a problem, th- there is the source of the problem. So I think Charlie may well be pointing that that Lambdin finger. <laughs>
2: what's been happening which has been all over the news is that major lenders have been withdrawing mortgage products with very short notice sometimes even just minutes but just a few hours which is very very short notice now they're not withdrawing them completely what they're doing is that they're going to be replacing them with higher rated products or, or, or products with higher prices higher interest rates on them specifically why are they doing it at such short notice Well, my view on that is that a lot of the lenders have been in denial about the inexorable direction of the economy. In particular, they've all been expecting inflation to come down faster, and it hasn't. And Because it hasn't, the Bank of England is now expected to keep interest rates higher for longer which will mean that the money that the banks borrow to lend for mortgages will cost them more, which means that they can no longer lend that money at the rates that they're currently offering. I honestly think that there are headless chickens inside these lenders. It's the only explanation for this last-minute changing, like, hang on a second, no, hang on a second, no, it's going to be fine, it's going to be fine, okay, it's not fine, quickly pull the rates. Now, this is a massive problem for everybody in the moving market, everybody, including the lenders themselves, in fact, but... You know, the last minute nature of it is, okay, we were wrong. We've been caught off guard. So we've got to do this now suddenly because otherwise we're going to have problems. And there are lots of moving parts and dynamics as to why it happens. But the bottom line is this, it almost overnight doubles the workload for all the mortgage brokers who are trying their best to get mortgage offers in place for their buying clients and their remortgaging clients who can then proceed with their lives. If you're a buyer who's had an offer accepted, it suddenly means that either you're in a panic rush to a mortgage deal confirmed before they pull the products and raise the rates again. But at the same time, and I've had buyers contacting me telling me this, they're saying, hang on a second, we're now suddenly worried that actually should we be proceeding with this transaction? So there's a huge amount of buyer worry happening, being triggered by this mortgage market turmoil, making some buyers realize that actually they might be overpaying and buying At the very top of the market or too close to the top or overpaying or or something that makes them second guess their decision to proceed which of course is a nightmare for sellers because if you're selling and your buyer pulls out at the last minute because of this mortgage market turmoil then it it, it hinders your progress as a seller wanting to move on to whatever whatever the reason for your sale is whether you're downsizing or upsizing or sideways moving or it's taking what is already a very complicated long-winded and risky process and just making all of those things worse. If you want to point the finger at anyone for this, there's nobody really other than the bank's failure to foresee this coming, which in itself is a very worrying thing, I think. How do they not know? And I understand why everyone in the moving industry doesn't want there to be a downturn, because it, of course it affects transactions and it affects people's ability to make a living. But honestly, as I have been saying since last August, It's better to be prepared for a downturn that doesn't happen than to deny that there's going to be a downturn and then it does happen. Which is why I've been saying from the beginning, the conditions for a house price downturn are ripe. It makes sense for everybody, buyer, seller, agent, mortgage broker, to be prepared for a downturn so that if it happens, you don't get caught out. And if it doesn't happen, great and it's cost you nothing to be prepared, okay? But to carry on as if there isn't going to be a downturn and then be caught out when there is and then squeal about it and start trying to blame other people for it, well, honestly, guys, the writing's been on the wall and people like myself have been trying to say to people, be aware there's a downturn coming. You're with The Right Move. Subscribe to us now on all major podcast apps. Yeah, Thanks, Charlie.
0: Now, uh, our friend... Jerome Larteau shared this on LinkedIn, reposted it, whatever. Uh, The news that the city of Bristol, pretty much slap bang in the centre of your patch, Simo, will have the second highest growth in the UK over the next 10 years. Now, I mean, I've worked there twice. You've been there a lot longer. I'm not surprised by this. What about you? Yeah, I mean, of course, we're
1: talking here of of growth of of property, you know, general property, not necessarily residential. Mm. Um, but but it has a knock on effect, of course, to, to, to the residential market. Um, and uh, you know, Bristol only second behind Manchester, and of course, Manchester's grown so rapidly over the last few years. Um, you know, we've seen that with the BBC moving everything out to to Manchester, and and, and Bristol is getting that now. Bristol, over my lifetime, Bristol has gone through peaks and troughs. You know, it no doubt about it. You know, it was, there were times when I was growing up that Bristol was a grubby place to be in the centre. Um, but I think what's happened is university uh, improvements over the years. You know, the fact that the old Poly, now UE, that has become a quite a go-to uh, university, to be fair. Um, and, um, you know, the, the, the whole thing is trying to retain people and, uh, you know, those good quality employment opportunities within Bristol as well. Bristol is becoming very, from a residential perspective, it's becoming very city centre, you know, a bit like Birmingham's experience on the canals, you know, trendy loft apartments and things like that. Um, You know, we're getting big growth in the suburbs with, um, you know, lots of uh, housing estates that are being, that are coming up and I think actually to be fair a lot of what we're seeing around Bristol is being quite well designed these days you know the centre is getting um some really yeah some really good growth so it's really encouraging to see that this is what um CBRE who produced this uh, report are actually
0: are actually saying and this is I guess something that well it has changed but in a way it hasn't the the, the kind of the backbone there's there's been for a long time a great creative sort of spine to, to Bristol. I mean, the Beeb have obviously, you know, been on White Ladies forever and a day. That in itself, with the Natural History Unit, uh, has spawned other indie businesses in media and television and film production around there. 422, some some incredibly notable effects companies for for both TV and, and movies, uh, and, and down the paintwork. And, you... and, of course, you've got Ardman as yeah, well. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I thought, how could I forget it, it?
1: Uh, in Bristol, and, yeah, uh, you know, it is a creative hub, and mm. and you're just about to say there, Paintworks, you know, Claire, our our friend Claire, yeah. um, who has Ginger Snap, you know, Ginger Snap is based down there. I mean, what a great business Claire has there, and how, um, you know, she takes those, uh, you know, the the modelling industry, and that's another byproduct of mm. Bristol. So yeah, absolutely, we're seeing it. You know, the harbour side has has grown nicely over over the years, mm. um, you know probably 30 years ago now we got rid of that damn flyover around by temple meads um uh where you used to curb your alloys if you had alloys of course at the time every time you went over the thing mm-hmm. um it's all about that growth and one thing we're seeing jp is we're seeing that return to office and i think you know somebody was only talking to me about that today and and she said oh yeah but you you, you must be seeing people flooding um in from london i no, we're not now. We're actually seeing probably the reverse, people going back to office uh, working. And that's something that this suggests as well within, um, within this report. You know, we're, we're seeing that um, post-COVID has evolved what we want. You know, technology in Bristol again, another, another area. You know, you kind of see a city centre turn in, you know, probably a 10 or 20 year cycle we might be having a completely different conversation in 20 years time. But at the moment, the views are that the growth is there and that can only be beneficial for anyone around Bristol um, with a business or who, who are growing up. I mean, I, I think my kids are going to have a whale of a time over that that period, you know, as they grow into their teens and 20s. You know, I think it's I think it's going to be exciting.
0: Yeah, it really is. And I just think it's I mean, I, I remember the, so the second, the last time that I worked in Bristol. And in the mid-2000s, thanks to the likes of the University of Bristol and the University of West of England, there's this great sort of spin-out feeling. There are some really immensely successful businesses and social enterprises that are still going today because those two institutions kind of had their antenna up and supported, you know, and and did all they could, incubation, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's great to see that as sustained, and I just think, It has got so many different experiences that that the vibrancy really is driving this, as you say. So it's it's fantastic news. Before we go, last thing to say is it's a bit of news that I wasn't expecting. I don't think you were either, Simo.
1: No, do you know, when I um, opened up my um, estate agent today uh, on the 6th of June, and read this article from our, again, another friend of the show, Mark Shoffman, mm. uh, cracking articles that Mark does at the moment. I'm, I'm really enjoying reading some of his, uh, his stuff. Mm. Um, but anyway, that as an aside, um, uh, I opened this up and, uh, and saw that, uh, sadly Claire Cosey, um, who, who we had on, uh, who ran a Keller Williams, uh, uh, franchise, um, called just knock. And, um, she she was if do you remember she was the yeah. singing estate agent yes. yeah. with our the never ending property you know she has decided to pull the curtain down on their uh, estate agency career um I'm very sad to to hear that I'm very re- very sad mm-hmm. to hear anybody that bows out uh, in such a way she's said that you know the the, the industry has become a bit too dog-eat-dog and you know i i don't disagree with that but i think where you know and, and 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 as she says that does damage the perception of good agents and i was only talking to charlie today before recording um this podcast that you know we were talking about the the difference between a good agent and a great agent you know i think that's the thing it's about doing things right the problem is there are other agents out there who do discredit good agents and um you know, I think Claire had a really good thing going. You know, she was, uh, you know, she told us when she came on, she was a an am-dram, you know. She, mm. In fact, I think she was a professional singer, yeah, if I'm right. You yeah, know, yeah. yeah, she was a professional singer. And, uh, you know, how she wanted to mix that. And I think, you know what, she did a fantastic job. And I will say all along, well done, Claire, because I really do think you had some absolute balls to go and do what you did. And I'm very, very sad that she has decided to uh to close down. I can tell you one thing. If
0: she lived close to me, I'd be tapping her up to come and join me. The Simo transfer market, yeah. It genuinely, you know, hand on heart, uh, we wish Claire and her partner every success. Cause I mean there's no doubt, there's no doubt whatsoever. You know, I, I don't know them well, but you can see that everything is done with sort of heart on sleeve. You know, it's it's all very authentic, all very genuine and committed. Just passionate. Yeah. As well. uh, and and, and yeah, she puts heart and soul into that stuff. So whatever she or, you know, both of them do next, uh, if it's a joint thing, good luck to them because it'll be brilliant, I'm sure. So we're all the very best, Claire. So well, we say thank you obviously to, to Charlie, to Nick Shabbat, and obviously to Alex Tan
1: as well. Hashtag Team Tan. And uh, if there are any Property Mark members that are still listening at this stage in the podcast, which I, you know, hope there might be, um, but if there are, you must go and use your vote and vote Team Tan.
0: Simo, uh, as always, been fantastic to uh, to catch up with you. And uh, until next time, sir. Yeah, 104 JP.